We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski coming to you from New Athens, Illinois. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from uh, Ascension Lutheran Church in South St. Louis. Um, and this is Wrestling, Wrestling with the Basics. With the basics. Um, Matt, I'm not much for personal testimony. That That's not my, uh, my deal. But, but I would like to start with a personal testimony this morning, if I could. Would that be all right? That's fine. Testify, Pastor John. Go okay. ahead. So, so we're, we went down to Florida. Uh, Lynn's dad, uh, Jerry, 95 years old. Jerry, of course, brings us a lot of good jokes. I don't know what we'll do when the Lord takes Jerry home. <laughs> because he's often the source of uh, yeah, any openings. good jokes. <laughs> Unresting the basis can be attributed to Jerry. <laughs> yeah, anything that made you laugh, probably that was Jerry's. Yeah. Uh, um, so anyway, we, we're flying down to Florida, and, and I go to the TSA guy there, and you know you got to hand him your ID, and I hand him my uh, uh, license, and he says, "You know your license is expired." <laughs> okay. Oh no, John! And 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 th- this means my license is really expired because my birthday. By the way, if anyone wants to give me a present. My birthday is just in a few months, February 18th, <laughs> okay? <laughs> which which means since I flew like uh, 10 days ago, that, that my license is like eight months expired. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So it's, it ain't even close to to uh, uh, the date of renewal. Um, and luckily, because I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do now? I won't be able to get on the airplane, you know? And he said, well, he said, you know, you're, you're lucky because the uh, TSA gives you one year after the expiration of, of your license. Is there, but right? He said, I didn't know that. You better get that tended to when when you get home. Well, yeah, I didn't know that either, and thank God for that. Because seriously, I, I guess I would have just had to let Lynn go, and I would have be sitting there on the, the at the terminal. Um, Was this some kind of scheme, John, to, for you to be able to stay in Florida? <laughs> You know what? I never thought about that. So. I'm sorry, dear. I'm have to stay in so, Florida. So that's my other worry. That's my other worry. So, no, I'm talking about not getting to Florida, but now you're right. I, I'm down there. And of course, you know me, Matt, I worry about everything. And so my whole 10 days in Florida, I'm worried. Will will the TSA guy here not be so lenient? Maybe I won't get out of Florida. Oh, so this uh, oh this was in St. Louis. So I got oh, you. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're as we're leaving. Okay. As yeah, we're yeah, leaving, yeah. yeah. But you're right. Then I'm wondering, will I have trouble getting out of Florida? And I'm I'm wondering, well, what's going to happen when I get back? Do I get fined? You know, I've never been that. Uh, had it, I, and I'm thinking I've been driving illegally for eight months. And and what are they going to make me take the driving test again? Will there be some kind of penalty? You know, I'm just wrestling with this. I have no idea what to do. And, you know, Matt, these little things, they drive me crazy. And I'm just anxious and thinking about this. And guess what happens on the day? This is the very day we get home and I go to the mail. Guess what I find? What did you find? 
a letter from Jesse White, the Secretary of the State, telling me that all I need to do to renew my driver's license is to go online and, and for 30 bucks they'll renew it. In fact, the letter I got says, we don't even want you to go down to the driver license facility. We're way too busy to handle people like you. We, 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 you, you have to either call this 800 number or go online and tend to it. And so in 15 minutes time, the whole thing was resolved. And apparently because of COVID and what have you, they're just, they're eight months behind in terms of sending out the renewal notices. But wasn't that crazy that the very day, the very yeah. day I got back, there there was the renewal notice. And, and uh, uh, so my testimony is, don't we have a wonderful God? Because if I was God, and this is why you should every morning get, get up and say, thank heavens John's not God. <laughs> 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 thank you. Don't ever let him know. Because I would say, really? You don't even trust me on something little and minor like this? Yeah. You're, you're anxious and desperate and worried and doubting over some little— You don't think I can take care of this? Well, heck with you. But no, no, no. See, that's the thing. Uh, God, God took care of me. Uh, even despite my doubts and my worries. Um, now, I know why I doubt and worry. Do you know why I doubt and worry, Matt? Why, why do you doubt? Why do you have worries? I know you do. Don't kid me. You do. Oh, yeah. Why is that? I think we all do. I, it's just a, I think, a, a lack of, of trust that God will truly provide us with our daily bread. And so we have these these doubts and these worries, these concerns. Um because we want to be in control, and uh, and we're not. The Lord is. Matt, man, yeah, that's—I I had not thought of that angle, but you're absolutely right. That's what it is. We want to be able to call the shots, and, and when we're not— then right away we get really anxious because we know we do all right. <laughs> yeah, Silly yeah, us. Yeah. Silly us. Yeah, if we were in control, who knows what it would be like. Exactly. We, we, um, yeah, we're, we're just creatures. He's the creator. And yeah. sometimes that drives us crazy and we forget our place. And, and, and in all fairness, and in all fairness, I, I think we do worry because there's a lot of big things that it doesn't seem like God is going to take care of. I, I, I've got a, a stepson who's an ordained pastor, and and for over almost almost two years now, he's yet to find a church that he can serve at. And and you wonder what's going on there, Lord. And I've got a daughter and I've got a son who have the same hereditary disease that killed my first wife. And and there are some good things happening there, by the way, Matt. Uh, this SCA three is what they have if anybody wants to look it up. Uh, there's actually a brand new medication that they're coming out with that's actually designed for SCA3 patients. Great. Uh, Glad usually happens is, is you get medication for some other disease and they say, well, maybe it'll work on this, but, but there's actually something they've designed whether it'll work or not, we don't know, but it's kind of nice to know that there is at least something because up to this point, there hasn't really been anything. But but yeah, so there, there's big things. There's big things that God doesn't seem to resolve. Uh, um, and, and I guess that's what we all need to remember. That this, is, this is a sinful world. It is. There will always be things that will be disturbing in this world. It's not the way the world should be. This is not heaven. Um, so do not be surprised at the big things and the little things. But I would invite people to look around. There, there are all these evidences, these little tiny evidences of God's grace and mercy. Um, and, and, of course, all of this is to remind us in the end, there's only one way we can know that God is a God of love. 
And that's through what his son, Jesus Christ, uh, did for us. You, you talked about that last week. And that's where Jesus is greater than Moses. Because Moses gives you all kinds of hopeful things. He gives you things to do. Do this and you'll live. Remember, that's what they said uh, when he gave the Ten Commandments. But you'll never know for sure uh, the mercy and love of God apart from what Christ did in his suffering and his death and resurrection. And if we think we can find something other than that, you will end up being disappointed. That's that's just how it is. Um, so any, that's my little personal Yeah, well, thanks for sharing, John. The letter was in the mail, as you were yeah. worrying. The letter was on the way to its house, your house. And God working through means to, even means of the Illinois state government, it sounds like. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, thanks be to God. That That's great. So rejoice in these little evidences of God's grace and mercy, but don't, don't ever put your faith and trust in those little evidences because they come and they go. But uh, the Christ who loves us, no, he he never comes and goes. He's there eternally. Um, it brings me back to the subject you were talking about last week, Matt, about uh, uh, Jesus being uh, better uh, more glorious uh, than, than Moses yes, and, yeah. and, and wrestling with, well, what does that have to say with us? Because, well, we're Christians. We know Jesus is better than Moses. But I would suggest not always. I, I think because we are sinful people, we do kind of fall back into that pattern of thinking, well, yeah, yeah, Jesus is better than Moses. But, you know, really, if you want God to love you, you probably need to be thinking about Moses and doing the things of Moses. In fact, if we want to know what we need to do, we probably should go back. You know, Jesus isn't really so much about telling us what to do. Uh, we need to go back to the Old Testament. Uh, and, and I just want to warn people, there, there's a danger to that. Uh, to thinking that the answers to what we're going to be doing in our lives today are found in the Old Testament. Uh, now, I'm not against the commandments, Matt. You know me. I agree you should not commit adultery, steal, commit murder. Glad <laughs> to hear that, John. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're all in favor of the Ten Commandments on wrestling with the basics. <laughs> okay. But but I do find people going back to the Old Testament and saying, oh, we should do this because, you know, this is what they did in the Old Testament. And I'm not sure that's always uh, the best way to resolve issues in our, our lives now. Mm. Well, let me give you a concrete example. Can I do that, Matt? Yeah. I mean, I, and just, yeah, we don't want to put Go ourselves ahead. back under the law, right? You know, yeah. uh, that's, yeah. no, no, no. We've got something far greater. <laughs> We've got Jesus. we got the fulfillment. Oh, and Matt, thank you. The, the, the word far greater. See, it's not that we don't want the law. No, no, no. The law is a good thing, but but we got to realize that there's something better, better than the law. Uh, well, well, let me illustrate. Uh, you know about Ezra, don't you? You remember Ezra? What yeah, Ezra, guy he was? Nehemiah, okay. Esther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the children of Israel now have have been returned back. Uh, you, you talked about how they had to wander in the wilderness last week. That's what they wanted, right? Word that we died in the wilderness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. Yeah. And, and then it got even worse because even after they conquered the promised land, they, they, they abandoned God and started worshiping idols. And so God took them out of the promised land, took them back to, uh, to captivity, exile in Babylon. But then eventually, this God, he always keeps his promises. What's his deal? <laughs> you know? Again, I would think, well, they've, they've already shown you that they don't trust you. Just write them off. Write them off, blown God. It. Yeah. Yeah. But no, no, instead he brings them back to the promised land. And we have a couple of leaders that were part of that process. And, and one of them was a man by the name of Ezra. Uh, and if I, I want you to read now, if you would, uh, Matt, Ezra 8, 
uh, chapter 8, 21 through uh, 23. And this is Ezra now talking about his trip to go back. All right. Uh, they, they have been, uh, the exiles have returned, and now Ezra is given the opportunity to go back and be of help to these exiles who have returned to Jerusalem. And this is, he talks about his story now as he's going to go back to Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way, since we had told the king, the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him, and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty. So, so here's the story. Ezra asks if he can take some resources back. In fact, he's going to take about money uh, and, and other things to help the people. He's bringing with him uh, people, goods, and what have you. But the problem is, is there's lots of bandits on the roads between Jerusalem and Babylon. Uh, the other problem is, is there's people down in these countries that don't want the Jews to be back. They're not excited that the Jews are rebuilding uh, their temple, rebuilding their city, you know, and so they're opposed to this. And, and so Ezra now is thinking, oh, my goodness, I, I should have asked for help, yeah. <laughs> right? I should have asked for an armed guard to go with us. That would be helpful because who knows what will happen between here and Jerusalem. But what's his problem, Matt? Well, they told the king, well, the Lord's going to protect us. And now it seems as though Ezra's thinking, well, maybe I should have asked for some extra you know, physical protection, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, OK. Now, now we could read that. Uh, and what conclusion might we draw then about the endeavors we take on as Christians? Or someone might draw that from. Yeah. This. I mean, I think someone could say, well, you know, let's uh, we'll. We'll just, we don't need any uh, help outside from uh, the Lord himself. And, uh, you know, just me and God can go at it alone and we're going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. So we just need to trust in the Lord. We don't need any outside help or anything like that. We'll just go and, and do it on our own. All right, we can handle that. See, and and now here's the problem. So you read that story in the book of Ezra, and you might conclude, well, I guess whatever we do as Christians, we, we just can't rely upon any worldly help. We can't seek any outside sources. We just need to put our trust in the Lord, and everything will work out, you know. So, so you need a new refrigerator. Well, you just you pray to the Lord, so you get a new refrigerator, but don't, don't do anything. No, no, you know, that's all in the Lord's hands. Uh, and, and as crazy as that sounds, I, I've heard people say that to sick people, Matt. Mm -hmm. I've heard him say mm -hmm. that, you know, you just need to have more faith. Yeah. Uh, in fact, here's a sad, sad story. I, I understand that's the way it was with Jimmy Carter's mom, that she didn't want any doctors because she said, well, the Lord, the Lord will be able to take care of this, you know, yeah. I, and people do. They have that attitude. And we could say, well, that isn't that what we are taught in the book of Ezra, Ezra chapter eight. Now, here, here's the problem. <laughs> There's another great leader who returns to help. Uh, the people there uh, in in Jerusalem, the exiles who returned. His name is Nehemiah. All right. So let's read Nehemiah's story in chapter two of okay. Nehemiah. Yeah. Uh, then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may be rebuild it. 
All right, so uh, Nehemiah wants to do the same thing as Ezra. I want to go back there to my people to help them, okay? Yeah, yeah. So the king said to him, uh, the queen sitting beside him, how long will you be gone and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me to the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. Then I came to the governors of the province beyond the river, and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent me with officers of the army and horsemen. So, so what's the difference now with the trip of Nehemiah? So Nehemiah is not empty-handed. He's coming with letters from the king for safe passage. And not only that, but he's coming with uh, officers of the army and horsemen. So he's coming with a, a cavalry here <laughs> to, so, to Judah. So now what am I supposed to do? <laughs> okay. So I was reading Ezra, and it seemed to me like I should just rely on the Lord. I shouldn't seek any outside resources or help. And now I read Nehemiah, and it seems like, well, actually, that's what I should do. I should ask for support from the, the earthly leaders, and I should look to have uh, earthly uh, forces defend and take care of me. I'm just totally confused now, Matt. I don't know what to do. Have you got an answer for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know in both these examples— um, well, they you have a trust in the Lord. So even even in Nehemiah, with with letters for safe pastures and with soldiers with him, even still in verse eight, I love how it says, uh, "The king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me." So even in these resources that he's been given, Nehemiah still recognizes even those things, even these these outward things, they're still from the Lord. God's working through them. So so. Read Nehemiah one eleven, since you, you brought up his reliance on the Lord. Yeah. Read Nehemiah one eleven. Sure. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant, and to the prayer of your servant who delights to fear your name, and give success to your servant today, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. So, so the thing is, in both cases, uh, and it's true also if we go back to that Ezra passage, that they pray to the Lord. Now, now, it's interesting. They're not praying to the Lord because they think this is some gimmick. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, let's see. If we want our project to be successful, got to pray. Okay, well, we've done that. No, no, this is, as you said, it's a reflection of their faith. They they really know things are in God's hands. And, and therefore, yeah, we, we need to begin by asking. And, and, and it's all about the trust in the Lord. Um, and, and it's okay then to receive letters from your king, and it's okay to have uh, armed guard go with you because those are the instruments of the Lord. That's how the Lord protects people, right? Uh, remember the temptation when when the devil says to Jesus, "Why don't you just jump off, jump off the pinnacle of the temple, right? Because his angels they will guard you lest you strike your foot against a stone." And and what's Jesus' answer to that? Uh. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, he says, um, well, he, he talks about the <laughs> angels, right? And, and yeah, and, you know, yeah, quote well, says, the scriptures. Don't, yeah, don't tempt the Lord, he says. Yeah. Don't, no, I'm not going to jump off the pinnacle because God has ways of getting off of pinnacles. They're called ladders and steps. <laughs> J- jumping off is not one of the ways that God takes care of us through his angels. And certainly just going out in a dangerous area. No, no, that's not, no, God uses, 
army and horsemen and, and things like that and the letters of authority. So no, no, there's no sin in looking for those things. But it brought me to this final question. Why didn't, why didn't Ezra ask for that kind of help? Do you remember what his motivation was? Yeah, so it, it looks to be he is thinking of, of the king and the, the yeah. type of witness that he's going to give to this king uh, as he's being sent on his way. So he's thinking of his neighbor, it seems. Matt, absolutely. So for the sake of the king, and you can see even even Ezra wrestling, thinking it wouldn't be bad to have an armed force with us. Because again, God uses earthly means to take care of us. Don't ever refuse the earthly means God gives you, because that's how God works. He works through means. It would be the same of us saying, well, I don't need to be baptized. I don't need to take the Lord's Supper because I know Jesus loves me, and I know Jesus forgives me. That That's true. He does love you. He does forgive you. And one of the things he's given to show that is the baptism and the supper. And it's so clear, right? Uh, baptism washes away our sins. This is my body, my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. No, it's not a replacement for God's love or forgiveness. It is the evidence of God's love and forgiveness. And so it is with all the earthly resources he gives us. Yeah, that's 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 the evidence of, of, of God's presence. That's the means he uses. But, but you're right, Matt. You hit it right on the head. He says, but I don't know. I, I don't want this king to doubt. Uh, I, I want this king to have faith too. So for the sake mm -hmm. of the neighbor, as you said, I'm, uh, we'll, uh, I'm a little, uh, okay, we'll, we'll forego this in that instance. Yeah. But, but outside of that, no, no, it's foolish for us not to uh, just use whatever resources the Lord gives us. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, along those lines too, I think that as an example, it's, you know, oftentimes we say things in the, the scriptures are, are descriptive and not necessarily yeah. prescriptive. So this is describing, yeah, what, what Ezra's, uh, what Ezra's choice was at this time. And he decides that this is the, the best thing to do, uh, to trust in the Lord and to, to not to, to perhaps refuse any protection for the sake of the king. Um, but that's not necessarily prescribing then what we should do, that we should you know, say no to anything, uh, any kind of help, and just uh, that's going to show that we really, really trust in God. Well, no, no, that's not the case. So again, descriptive, but not not prescriptive in that case. And and we need to remember this, too, of, of even the advice and the, the things that are laid down in the New Testament. Christians sometimes do, and Christians sometimes don't. Uh, now, again, as I said at the beginning, I don't think there's ever an instance where a Christian would commit adultery and say that was a good thing to do, or to steal from someone and say that is a good thing to do, or to kill someone. Uh, although, if we are called to serve in the military, we might very well have to. Uh, uh, kill someone. But again, see, not not as murder. No, no, in defense of our, our people, defense of our country. In fact, it, it should not be a thing of murder. We're not, in fact, if given the opportunity, we would want these people to be spared. Uh, but, but you get what I'm saying, Matt? Outside of these very clear uh, dictums, you're right. We, we should be really careful about saying, oh, well, they did this in the Bible, so we need to do it. Uh, no, no, we need to understand, well, why did they do that? Uh, because as Jesus has taught us, uh, the commandment is summarized by uh, fear, love, trust in God above all things, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and that may be different uh, in a different situation. Uh, um, again, I'm not arguing for relativity. No, no, things are not relative. But, but 
you know, sometimes they, they would eat meat offered to idols, and sometimes they refused to meat offered to idols. And sometimes Paul would have his uh, fellow servants circumcised, and other times he would refuse to have them circumcised. Uh, and, and you put it, uh, hit it right on the head. It's what, what it does for the neighbor, how it impacts him. That's, that's the key thing. Uh, well, Matt, thank you for the opportunity for me to share the story of Ezra and Nehemiah. Any final thoughts here as we wrap up? No, good examples. The, the Lord chooses to work through means, whether it's the means of grace, or sometimes it's it's through us. Maybe we're the means yeah. as we show love to our neighbor, and God uh, works through us. Well, uh, we uh, I, I think, if I've got my dates right, uh, is the big Christmas episode coming up pretty soon, Matt? Pretty soon. Looking forward to it, John. Okay, I think we still got two weeks to go. Let's see, this is the... Uh, 10th of I'm America, so the 17th. Oh, I don't know. Well, we'll keep people in suspense. Maybe, maybe <laughs> the next episode will be the big Christmas episode. We know this has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, the with the Basics. 